Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Some Sense. I've, today on today's episode, there's me, there's Alex, and today we have a, a special guest, Mike. Feel free to uh, introduce yourself. How's it going, guys? Uh, really glad to be here. Jacob and Alex, thanks for having me on today. Yeah, no problem. Glad, glad you could join us. Looking forward to hearing your insight on here. Glad to have you. So uh, before I get into some uh, any of our t- topics of today, I'll just throw fr- some uh, from uh, Twitter shoutouts. So you can find our podcast on Twitter at SomeSense. You can find me at Jacob Revere. You can find Alex at AlexLongo15. You can find Mike Stelsner on uh, Twitter at, at GoSendGo727. He's also known as um, Chuck and Lake Brady, if I remember correctly. And you can find him on Instagram at sports underscore EDM underscore things, I believe, right? Yeah, that's correct. Awesome. I'm sure I'm sure you've seen him lurking from Sense and Sense uh, comments pages on Twitter. So oh, give, yeah. give him a follow. He's a good follow. Yeah, really active on on these social medias. Uh, he's a blast. Do that, I try. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get right into it. So uh, today's content, we don't have the most amount of content this week, just because it's been a little bit of a layback week for Senators, but we do have some stuff for you. So first of all, let's jump into some free agent signings. So since our last podcasts, um, I was able to find two signings that the Sens have made in the last week, them being J.C. Baudin and Connor Brown. J.C. Baudin, uh, um, or I think it's Jean-Christophe Baudin, I think his full name is. He signed yeah, a one-year $700,000 contract, and uh, it's a one-year uh, two-way deal, which he makes uh, his AHL salary is two hundred k, which honestly, I don't know if that's high or low for the AHL. I don't really know too much about the AHL. But, yeah, uh, what are you guys' thoughts on it? Mike, go ahead. Uh, I think J.C. Baudin one of those guys that you considered a wild card. Uh, not too many expectations put on him. Uh, probably further down the depth chart uh, than J.C. Baudin would like to admit. Um, but, I mean, I think if he's real with himself and the organization was real with him, it's, you know, you're, you're going to be an injury fill-in. Uh, you're going to be the kind of guy that comes in. Uh, we get really banged up and we need a warm body. And, you know what, if he impresses and – he blows expectations out of the water. Great. We have another solid prospect, but uh, to me, he's kind of like a poor man's Peugeot. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, he got the French connection, obviously, uh, but I, I've seen some similarities in their, in their playing styles. Um, so if we can get even uh, a fraction of what we got out of Peugeot in Ottawa, then that'd be fantastic. But I don't know. I, I need to see a little bit more out of him uh, before I give a, a full judgment on his play. But from what we saw last season, uh, he's, he's a depth guy and, and he'll be good for Belleville. Um, hopefully if he's there for the majority of the season and, uh, and yeah, it's, it's always good to have depth, right guys? Yeah. Can't really, can't really argue with that at all, to be honest. I mean, you can try to nail it on the head. He's a depth guy. Um, I, I actually believe Pierre Dorian came out and directly said, I could be completely wrong, but I believe he came out and said he, he adds like a, a good value to our depth pool, which, I mean, in a rebuilding year, you're probably going to need because, you know, even at the trade deadline, we ship some guys off. You're going to need to fill those roster spots. So he'd be probably one of the first call-ups there. Um, and really not much to look, look into it, to be honest. He's, he, he's able to play in the NHL. I wouldn't say he's a full-time NHLer. He's probably more like a like – a, full-time age seller with a, you know, potential NHL call-ups. Like he probably won't hit like 500, 600 games played in the NHL. Probably more like a hundred, maybe 115, 120. But I mean, you can't have too much depth, right? Like, like, like Mike just mentioned. If, yeah, if he goes, sure. oh, sorry. Yeah. 
no, it's all good. I mean, sure. the, I don't want to spend too much time on him because I don't really like. There's really not that much to talk about. He's yeah, pretty much enough, yeah. he's, pretty, he's pretty much just an AHL death player that can play some games if the Sens need him. Yeah, for sure. Bodin is essentially that he is an AHL player who can come up to the NHL if we need to for injuries or if he if he really goes out of his out of hits a ball hits the ball out of the ballpark and uh, wows us in training camp. For sure, he has he definitely has a chance to start in the NHL. But for sure, realistically, I think his projection is an AHL depth guy, you know. But yeah, let's move on to Connor Brown. So uh, the thing about Connor Brown is he was uh, he was scheduled to go to arbitration on Thursday morning, I think it was. And just maybe a couple hours before arbitration, the uh, Senators and, uh, and uh, um, uh, Connor Brown agreed to a three-year contract at $3.6 million at annual, annual average value. This is important because if... Uh, if uh, um, Connor Brown would have hit the uh, arbitration uh, process, um, he would have only been able to sign a one-year contract, which would have brought him to, to unrestricted agency next year, which we don't really want right now, Senators. It's not not a great idea, considering uh, like how the past Eric Carlson, uh, Mike, uh, not a Mike Hoffman, traded before that, um, Mark Stone, guys like that were trade were eventually traded in in the last year of contract, and it's great to have Connor Brown locked up. So basically, Connor Brown's contract uh, um, um, breaks down as the first year he's making two point eight million, and the, the, the two years prior uh, after that he's making four million. The thing with Connor Brown is uh, uh, he has become a, a core player in this team, and he has uh, cemented himself as a right now a top six player in the team. I think ideally later on he becomes more of a third line player eventually, and I think his contract is really great reflecting on his role going forward. Mike? Yeah, I'm a big Connor Brown guy. Uh, I liked his game when he was with the Leafs. And I really think that he's the kind of veteran guy. I mean, hybrid veteran, maybe. I mean, he's pretty 27. So he's definitely a veteran on, on this team. Uh, I just think you need guys like that that could play versatile roles. Uh, like Jacob, you mentioned, you could start out as a top six guy. Yeah. Um, Personally, I want Drake Batherson in that spot on the second line behind Dandenoff. And then I would want Connor Brown lining up on the third line because he'd be a great third line. A winger uh, could put up, I don't know, 15, between 15, 20 goals on the third line, 40, 45 points. I mean, he was doing that last year, but I like to think the team this year is going to be more competitive. So if you have Connor Brown on the third line, that's, I personally think that's one of the better third liners in the entire NHL. Um, he kills penalties. He's fast. And I don't know, he seems genuinely excited to be in Ottawa, uh, coming from a, a bigger city in Toronto. Maybe he likes that Ottawa's a little quieter, uh, smaller city. Um, but having him for three years is, is great. I, I'm excited that he got locked up and he don't have to, uh, he didn't have to get dragged through arbitration because it's never a pretty process. Yeah, I mean, we, we figured out with Cody Stacey after, you know, when he went to arbitration, he came out and said that was not fun. Like, the point of arbitration is the team's going to go there to knock you so they can get as cheap as possible, where you, you believe more in yourself. So, like, pretty much the arbitration is the team just trashing you and you're kind of trashing the organization, being like, well, so it's, it's, it, when you come out of it, it's never a healthy thing in the end. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I seen a couple of Sens fans get a little little rattled that it, think it was get down to the wire, or that even you know that Connor Brown and the Sens were so far apart in arbitration. I seen them saying, "Oh well, you know the Senators are being cheap again," but 
like the whole point of arbitration is a team goes in low, a team goes, a player goes in high, and they always meet in the middle. It's, it's always been like that. So they pretty much they pretty much did the same thing. They kind of around, I think, 4.5. Sanders coming back with, two, with like 2.5, and they kind of met in the middle at 3.5. So, I mean, <laughs> that's what happens in arbitration, having Connor Brown locked up for three years. I think he's a, he's, he's going to be an important part of this core. I, um, I, and then, and then the, upcoming years here especially you know when, when the team starts really gelling and getting going and being a bit more competitive i think you'll be he's the type of player you want in your team he's not afraid to go in the corners he's not afraid to hit he's not afraid to fight and he can even score so uh yeah i think he's a very, very important part and you know three years 3.5 isn't that terrible of a contract it's movable if something happens he also doesn't have a no trade clause or no movement clause so you know you can expand expand to vet seattle if he has a really bad year or, you know, it's it, it's a pretty movable contract in the end if we really, really need to get them for him. But I, I think he's going to be an important part. I think Dorian and his company see that as well. So that's why they, they were rushing to get, get, get this done. Yeah, for sure. The thing with Connor Brown is, is like, as, as uh, Mike mentioned and as, as you mentioned, he's ideally probably a third-line guy. But with the thing with Drake Patterson is, sure, he – the consensus is he's ready for the NHL this year. But the thing is – if he is not ready, if he needs that extra year, I don't think he does, but there's always that chance. Connor Brown can take up that right, left, second line, right, runner spot, but behind that off one more year if we need him to. The thing with uh, that, uh, Brown is he can play up and down the lineup anywhere you need him to play, he can play. He is great defensively. He's been pretty good offensively last year for Senators. He's been basically a uh, jack of all trades when it comes to hockey wise. So he can definitely play up and down the lineup if he needs to. And uh, Alex, you're mentioning something about uh, the uh, the uh, the difference in uh, in uh, uh, salary range between the team and the player. The thing of that is, for sure, during arbitration, the teams always can go as low as possible, and the players always can go as high as possible. So for sure, I know people were worried about that. How people were low, uh, people thought sends were lowballing them. That's not the case. It's, that's just how arbitration works. The team is definitely going to go lowest as they can. That's for sure. Like it's, it's, a, it's a business in the end, right? So yeah, the, sure, the yeah. team's going to want to get the best bang for their buck and the player's going to want to make, make money enough to help them live in. So it's, yeah, for sure. it's just, just a process. So yeah. And with that being said, let's talk about some, uh, some, uh, some recent uh, uh, trades and rumors. So obviously the Senators have not traded anything to my recollection in the last week, so we'll skip that. Let's talk about some rumors now. So uh, I figured I'd give a little bit of an uh, Anthony Duclair update. So earlier on, on in the week, he was mentioned that uh, the – uh, auto centers had offered Anthony Duclair three years at around 4.25 million, which he turned down to test the free to see market. And has been reported that he is asking five years at five and a half million. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so uh, Anthony Duclair asking for that much money, uh, in my opinion, a lot of sense's opinions is absurd. <laughs> I mean, I like the guy, uh, no disrespect to Anthony Duclair. But the first red flag is representing himself. I mean, you just don't see that too often across any sport. Um, and especially at a young age, maybe if it's a guy that's been around longer, maybe toward the end of his career, okay, I want to represent myself. I know what I'm doing. I think he declares 25. He's bounced around five teams in his career. This was his sixth. And he needed to prove himself a little bit more. He needed one more show me, prove me kind of deal. Um, where he could say, yeah, I am a 20, 25 goal scorer. Now you can pay me. I just said, didn't think he was, was there yet, especially the way he ended last season, uh, went off of his, his play went off a cliff. I mean, there's no sugarcoating it. One goal in his final 22 games. 
and then your comment to your GM and said, I want five times uh, five point five times five. Yeah, I, I just don't know what he was thinking. He got some very bad uh, guidance, maybe from his either previous agent, maybe his father, somebody in his life did not uh, steer him down the right path on his on his free agency uh, decision. And from what I've read, uh, I haven't looked too too much into it, but from what I've read, there isn't a ton of interest around the league for him. There's a few teams that have maybe kicked tires, but if he hasn't come off to 5.5, I just see it very tough that he's going to get what he's looking for. So maybe he should circle back to Ottawa and and say, okay, I'll take uh, four and a half, four for three or four years now. Maybe they work something out. I'd love to see him back if if that could be done, but I'm not, uh, not holding my breath there, Jacob. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it kind of the worst year to kind of re- re- represent yourself. Like the leagues, like you know, like the, the, with 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 the pandemic and everything going on, like the UC players signing that we expect to sign for a lot more that aren't making a lot of money. So a guy like Declare going in and asking for five point five million by himself, I, be, I believe it's his first big contract negotiation. He doesn't really have an agent. Like he's been easy to negotiate other contracts before, but it's always been bridge deals, which I mean, are pretty easy to get done when you're a, a, a young guy. But going in there, representing yourself in your first big contract in a pandemic year where, you know, the money's obviously not tight because they're multi-billionaires. But um, anyway, still, it's kind of ridiculous for him to ask that. So um, I don't think he's – I think if Anthony DeClaire is going to sign somewhere, he's going to take either a one-year or two-year deal at like $1.5, million at this point. Just to kind of, you know, another – like. I mean, maybe the sends off from longer term because they're able to, but I can't see a lot of teams giving them uh, like a four or five year deal as of right now anyways. But um, yeah, I mean, like Mike said, he, he had a great first half of the season and the second half, I don't even know where he was. He kind of just d- disappeared. You watch a sense game. You, you, you've seen him because of his speed. He's pretty noticeable on the ice. He's, he's quick. He can make some plays, but he just couldn't find the net. And if you're going to ask for 5.5 million, you got to kind of, be a bit more consistent than one goal in three months you know what I mean so <laughs> um but I, I do hope the sense to do look back at go back to him and and, and think I think he would be he, he I think he would still contribute to this team and I think he'd be a good a good role model on and off the ice um for the, the young guys coming up so I think I hope the sense do go back to him but I hope they don't kind of give into that five years 5.5 million at this point um but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens to Declare. He's obviously not signed right now. It's same with Mike Hoffman. I believe once Mike Hoffman goes, you'll probably see Declare be the next one up. Um, but in today's market, it's a little difficult, so we'll see what happens. See, the thing with Declare is, for sure, I feel like, it, like you guys hit the nail on the head. He is a great player, but he also has been a little inconsistent this past year and throughout his career, which is for sure a fact. The thing with Declare uh, um, uh, is he's actually not even that old. He's only 25 years old, so, like, for sure, he wants to get the best money he can get, which I understand. He scored 23 goals, I think it was this year. He definitely, goal scoring wise, he has one of the nicer shots in the league. One of the most, he's got, he's, he's pretty damn fast too, if you look at him. And um, and um, he's definitely uh, great when it comes to leadership wise. He was a big presence in the locker room, so I've read. And he has definitely seen himself as a, um, as a, um, as a core player for the other senators. And honestly, um, I was writing an article about um, my thoughts on um, Pierre Dorian's moves in the last, since he's become GM. And 
I like that he brought in Duclair. He was a nice, uh, low risk, high reward type player. And so far, he's been a high reward type player for Senators. He has been one of our better players. While he has, while he hasn't been the most consistent, I feel definitely, if he plays with the right guys, he can definitely find consistency. And I feel uh, um, for a rebuilding team, he played really, really good for the Senators with the time he was he was uh, allocated and all that. And um, yeah. Um, I don't think that he's going to sign anytime soon. I, I don't think he's going to shy away too, too much from the 5.5 million, but I feel like as the, as time goes by, he's definitely going to start realizing, Oh, he's not going to make much this year. I think he might want to sign a bridge year, prove it to me contract, another one or two year contract where he makes maybe 2 million, two and a half tops. But I don't think he signs before Mike Kaufman. I think Mike Kaufman is Mike Kaufman goal scoring wise and speed wise. He's Duke, there's Duclair and then there's Mike Kaufman who's a step above if you ask me. But at the same time, I believe that uh, Duclair is more well-rounded and Duclair is obviously younger. So in that aspect, he has, maybe he has more value. Um, before I move on, where do you think he could sign? Like, do you see any teams where you think he could possibly sign? Duclair, that is? Yeah, so I think he'd be a good fit on another rebuilding team. Um, I don't know if Detroit would be interested. Uh, or even a bridge team, like, I don't know. I, I want to say Columbus, but he's not going to go back there. Uh, who needs scoring? Minnesota, a team like Nashville, any team that's low scoring and wants to give a shot to a guy that should be entering his prime at, at 25, 26. Um, it's just so hard for me to, to pinpoint a spot for Duclair because we don't know what his role is. Like, do teams see him as a top six player or do teams see him as maybe a bottom six guy with less ice time? And if he's in that role, is he going to produce 20 goals, 25 goals? Probably not. <laughs> so, I mean, a team like uh, a team like Minnesota for me would be a great fit. I mean, they just drafted Rossi. Um, they got some of their older guys out. Like they, they cut ties with Nico Cuevo finally. Um, they got that really exciting kid. Uh, oh, the name's slipping my mind right now. Kaprasov or Kaprasov or however you pronounce it. Yeah, that's it. Thank you, Alex. Um, so it finally seems like Minnesota's trying to like turn the page to some younger players, um, and and they just for whatever reason their system they always need scoring. So I, I'd say Minnesota if I had to pick a team, but uh, I'd imagine there's like four or five teams that Duclair would probably be a good fit on. Yeah, I mean, when you, you kind of brought that up, Jacob, I didn't really have, we'd, it's kind of like an on-spot topic, so it wasn't really one that we kind of looked too much into, but the first team I thought of was Buffalo. Um, I just feel like, you know, like they have Hall, they have they have Eichel, they have Reinhardt, they have, they have some core pieces there, and I feel like Declare would probably be in that top six, maybe bottom nine role, just to kind of provide some more scoring, and I mean, you might even get a chance to play with Eichel, and that'd be a great way for him to go and kind of prove that he, he's able to be consistent. Um, another, another team I thought of is Montreal. Um, I mean, he's born he he was born in Quebec, so there's already that connection there. Uh, Montreal does need scoring. I mean, they signed to Foley. That was probably the, my favorite signing of the offseason, but we're not a Montreal podcast for Sanders <laughs> podcast. But um, I think like Declare might fit in well there. Uh, you know, he provides scoring. He can score. He's he showed that he can score. It's just not in it's 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 kind of like not consistent. So he 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 he, he can find the back end. He knows how. It's just. It'd be better if you know you can score five goals a month, five goals a month, five goals a month, and it can keep it rolling instead of 
12 in one month and then zero in the next three. But I think Montreal might take a chance on him, even a one-year deal, see what he can do. They they need scoring desperately. And I, I honestly think Ottawa's probably the best fit for him. I, it's a bit biased, but, like, if he if he comes to Ottawa, he's gonna get an automatic top six role, no matter what. Like, they, like he's not gonna he's not gonna be there and be at the bottom. Um, if he wants to prove me a year, like two a two year bridge deal, even a one year deal, kind of proves to the Sanders and everybody in the league that he can be more consistent. Like, Ottawa is probably the best place to do it. Like, you know, they're an up and coming exciting team. They just got Dadanoff. They got Tim Stutzla. Um, they got Brady Kachuk. You know, they got Batherson. Like, playing with those guys will help him out too. So. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. But those are the three teams that popped in mind. I can't see him going. I think he's just going to stay in the Atlantic. I just feel like the Atlantic kind of suits his play style more. A <clears throat> fast, like the Atlantic to me, is kind of a fast, fast skilled league, like division where you know the other leagues are a bit more physical. So I don't know if he can really hold up in those ones. Yeah, for sure. I think too clear is the importance you first have to establish his role and where he plays. I know he's played both left wing and right wing, but I feel if you want to sign him this year, you really have to decide what wing he's going to be focused on so you can give him more time on that specific wing so he can flourish on that wing. Because I know sometimes playing off wing can be a little difficult for some guys. I feel definitely you have to establish that for a good player. Uh, I was looking really quick. I think uh, two teams I can pick out that's tough. Top of my head, that'd be definitely, uh, that would definitely be interesting for Duclair would be the Edmonton Oilers. I know that they have uh, uh, Kirillian Moto coming up, but if you, if you, if you throw uh, um, guys like Kirillian Moto, if you throw, imagine this top six. So right now, I'm, I'm imagining this as, um, as uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins being a left winger. So imagine this. If you have Ryan Nugent Hopkins with Connor McDavid and uh, I'll find the roster again. There's another guy. I forgot the guy. Um, I think it was James Neal or something on the first line. I mean, just imagine that. Then the second line, you have X player with uh, Leon Dreisaitl and uh, there's another guy. I don't, remember. I don't remember the roster off the top of my head. But uh, I feel definitely if you play... Duclair with uh, dry settle on that second line left wing would be definitely an interesting situation. But you also have guys like Kill Yamamoto coming up. So it's, you don't really know what's going to go on there. So I feel uh, um, um, Edmonton would be a, diff, a definite interesting situation for him. He would definitely benefit from playing with either uh, uh, Leon dry settle or Connor McDavid. Definitely you would 100%. Um, um, get a benefit from that, and I feel if he does sign there, he'd be definitely definitely an interesting situation. So I'm pulling up the roster, and um, the more like the more I look at it, uh, current currently it looks like it's going to be Ryan Nugent Hopkins with McDavid, and probably a guy like um, um, Tyler Ennis. I know Tyler Ennis played some time with McDavid and all that, and I don't really think you want to play um, a guy like. Um, his name is blanking on me. His name is blank. Zach Cassian. Zach Cassian has played a lot of time with Carmen David, but I don't. I don't. I don't think for going forward, I don't think you want to. You want him playing regular first line minutes with the team. For sure, he you can, you can throw him on the first line for a shift or two to to uh, to uh, throw some body around and uh, help protect David and all that. But I don't think you want him playing full time first line wing. So uh, if you throw a guy like. Uh, um, um, Duclair on that first line wing or on the second line wing with uh, uh, um, Dressel definitely ups up the ups the ante and gives them more benefits, more benefits and more opportunities to score. Another team I was looking at was uh, the Colorado Avalanche. I know the Colorado Avalanche have their top six probably set right now with uh, Landis Gog, uh, McKinnon, and uh, and uh, Rantanen on the first line and um, Burakovsky, 
um, Kadri and there's another guy on the wing. I don't remember. Uh, um, there's another guy, but I can't remember. But I definitely feel if you throw Duclair on that, it'd definitely be an interesting situation. And it'd be better playing from with either Kadri or, um, uh, or McKinnon. I don't think he would see regular top line minutes as that first line is 100% set in stone and one of the greatest lines in the NHL. I think he could definitely jump up around up, up and down line of both these signs for both teams. But obviously, the sense fan, I'd love to see him come back to the Senators. It's, I want him back in the sense, but for the right price. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think a team like Colorado would be really interesting because he wouldn't be expected to do as much as he did at Ottawa. Like, Data wouldn't need 20, uh, 25 goals out of him. Um, so it would be a lot easier for him to slot in as, as that third line guy, um, try to see who Colorado got there for the top six. Uh, they, have, uh, they just got Brendan Saad from Chicago. Exactly. They just got Brendan Saad and then their bottom six would have guys like Donskoy, um, Nishushkin, Tyson Jost. So, I mean, they're, they're an extremely deep team and adding a guy like Anthony Duclair for a year or two years would just make a that much deeper and make their offense that much better. And yeah, I really like that Brandon Saad pickup for them. Uh, Joe Sackick's like, he's a wizard and, and, and adding uh, Devin Taves. So they've added players to our, what was already a top team without really subtracting anyone. And if they can make one more addition, uh, their goaltend is a little bit of a question mark, Grubauer, Frank Hughes, but I mean, Colorado was my pick last year to win the cup. Um, and then they just ran into some problems in the bubble, uh, injury problems. Uh, and now their team just got a lot better. So, yeah, you add a guy like Duclair to any contender and they become that much better. So, Alex, I like your point about a team like Buffalo or, or staying in the Atlantic. I, I think that'd be very likely. Obviously, Montreal is a great fit for him too with the, the local connection. But... Yeah, I'd kind of, if he wasn't going back to Ottawa, I'd kind of like to see how he would fit on a team like Colorado. That'd be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Colorado is, like, if he's going to prove himself, I guess, you know, he can either go to a team that's either going to be really bad and tank and he's going to be the main go-to guy, or he can go with the team with elite players and kind of prove that he can hang with, hang with, the, hang with the best. So, I mean, that's, if he's going to go to Colorado, that's probably be the, the case is, okay, I'll take a one-year discounted deal and play with these top players and kind of boost my stats, kind of show that I, I'm able to do something because I'm playing with re- re- really good players and then cash out after that. So, I mean, I do. I also like your pick with Minnesota. I feel like I always forget about Minnesota. They're like the kind of like the, the the forgotten sheep in my in my mind in the league. Like they just haven't really done anything that kind of stand out. Um, but they're the new GM Bill Guerin's doing a fantastic job. They're getting younger. You know, they're bringing guys in, and they're they're hungry for guys to kind of play for them. So if Declare goes there, he's going to be hungry to prove himself. I guarantee you that. So that'll be another one. Um, but yeah, like we're saying in the Zoom chat, everyone forgets about Minnesota, which is why I never even really thought about it. But when you brought it up, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Like, it's just, they haven't, they're, they've just been irrelevant. They haven't really done anything. Sorry, sorry, Wild fans. But like, there's no one, no one's exciting on that team. There's really nothing going on. I feel like the Claremont had a bit of, you know, pizzazz on that team. He, he was excited to watch an Ottawa, a team that was just absolute garbage to watch. Like, it was just, you know, watching Declare every night in and night out was a lot of fun. So I feel like a guy, I feel like a guy with Minnesota with Minnesota, like, with Declare going to Minnesota would create a lot of talk about it, and I mean we'll see we'll see how it goes. But yeah, well it's going to be interesting to see where Declare goes. I think in the long run, 
he stays uh, with Ottawa. That's how my gut feeling, but we'll see where it goes. Oh, for sure. I think I think hands down he does stay in Ottawa a lot at the end of the day. I think he's just – I don't think he's shut the door on, on returning with the team at this point. I think he really wants to return to the team because I think he knows he can definitely get top line minutes or top uh, six minutes of Senators. I just think that um, – um, um, uh, he's just testing the market. That's that's all it is. It happens sometimes. It, uh, like for example, if you look at a couple of years back, Anders Lee decided to test the market with New York Islanders. Obviously, he resigned that seven by seven contract, a contract with the, with the team. But he definitely took the opportunity to test the market and made his choice to return to the team he was the captain of. I definitely, I, I definitely uh, understand the point of of testing the market and. Um, yeah. Um, so for so that's um, really on that topic. Unless you guys want to add anything more, um, otherwise let's take a little quick break and come back with um, the next the next segment. Welcome back. We're back from our little break. Um, before we uh, dive into anything more, I want to thank you guys for for tuning in. I want you guys for still listening here on out. It's uh, it means a lot and. Um, for a third ado, let's get into our uh, our new segment. We're still looking for a name. It's going to be basically Alex's segment because he is our prospects guy. And um, go right ahead. Yeah, so I don't really have a name for the segment. Uh, it's kind of on the fly thing. So I figured I'd leave it to you, you guys, listeners, kind of, you know, you can comment on their post or, you know, DM us or whatever, some name suggestions for the segment. But essentially, I'm just going to kind of go over uh like how our prospects are doing especially now with a lot of being loaned overseas it's a lot a lot, a lot more difficult to try than just following Belleville um so again I I, I have th- this week I haven't watched many of many of the European games just because I've been starting a new job and been super busy but I do have some stats on some players that I, you know I figured we, could, we should talk about um so the first one I'm going to really go into is Philip Gustafson uh, but obviously he you know who's the goaltender we acquired from Pittsburgh in the Derek Broussard trade uh he hasn't he was hailed as a goaltender of the future for a while. He has, he's kind of fallen off a bit. Um, but I think I, I personally think that's just due to his confidence. Um, he's, he's, his confidence t- took a big hit playing uh, for the, you know, the Bevel Senators uh, when they were, w- weren't very good. They're a very good team now, but they weren't very good for, for a little bit there. And their confidence, his confidence kind of took a hit. I think that's the biggest thing that's stopping him. Um, so he's on loan. I can't even pronounce the the team name. Um, I'm not feeling I'm not feeling risky enough to kind of to kind of butcher it. But he's playing in the Hockey Elfenskin League. If you want to go look him up, just go look at Elite Prospects. And he's actually doing really well. He's playing has six games played there. Um, he has a 1.78 uh, goals against average and a 0.934 save percentage. So he's actually doing like a phenomenal job overseas. Um, obviously, you know he's from Sweden, so he's kind of used to playing on the ice surface, but just. It's things like that that kind of boost a boost a player's confidence, you know. Saying, "Okay, I still have it. I, I can still. I'm, I'm still. I'm still a good, good, good prospect, um, whatnot." So I think that this is going to be huge for him. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Gustafsson. I think he's a big goaltender that has all the right tools. He just kind of needs to find a way to transition them to the North American ice because the European ice, European ice is way bigger, right? So he's he's able to you know kind of see more and whatnot with the, the North American ice. If you go watch games at Belleville, like it's pretty cramped. And those like players of that size on the ice, like it's there's not a lot of room to see. Like you just see bodies everywhere. So um, I, think, I feel like he has the tools to, to succeed. I do think he's, he's still a valuable prospect to talk about in the center's organization. Um, so hopefully that this gives him some confidence. Um, we'll see. We'll, I'm going to continue monitoring him because he's one of the guys that really interests me. Yeah, I think he, him and Joy Decorder right there battling for the next 
future goaltender of the Ottawa Senators. Obviously, you got Matt Sogard and Kevin Mandelis as well, but those guys are a bit further out. So, um, but Decor and Gustafsson are right there for when the Matt Murray contract kind of kind of runs out. Um, yeah, my, yeah, Mike. So Sogard is actually my favorite goaltending prospect we have, but he's so far out. It's uh, it's kind of hard to kind of predict where he's going to be, but. Man, he's massive. <laughs> Anyways, um, the next one I want to focus on is obviously it's an it's, it's an unsigned rookie. Actually, it's one we drafted this season. Uh, it's I, I I apologize to anybody if I butcher this name, but I think I believe it's Roby Yarventi. Um, Ottawa second round pick. When you know when everybody took him, I, I we, we, one of our guests, Derek, actually was like, "Who's this guy?" Sorry, Derek, I don't want to throw you under the bus, but. Um, not a lot of people knew who he was. Um, I had him at 35 on my prospect ranking. So I, I, I was just okay with where they took him. Um, so yeah, so he, he, a lot of people thought that the, 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 this was a reach by the centers, but he's, I mean, obviously, you know, the season's still young, so he couldn't, the, the pace could kind of fall, fall, fall off, but he has eight games, eight games played in the, the, the Liga, which is the, fifth, the, the top finish league. He's playing for Ills. Um, eight games played, three goals, four assists, seven seven uh, points. So he's doing well. <laughs> I feel like every time I log on to Sense Twitter, um, you see you, you see a goal update from him. So it's it's nice to follow. And uh, his name's if you haven't heard the the, the Swedish announcer, you know, kind of announce his goal, it's it's hilarious to listen to. Um, I'm also going to give a shout out on on a shout out to someone on Twitter. If you really want to follow, keep up the date on the Sense prospects, follow at Sense Prospects. He, I don't know if it's a fan account or if it's actually a sends like official account. I'm not sure, but he's whoever runs that account is fantastic to follow to keep up with the Sanders prospect pool. So definitely give them a follow. Again, that's at Sense Prospects. Um, yeah, so I, I think I'm a big fan of Yerventi. I think he's gonna be. I, I don't think he's gonna be like a, like a superstar in the NHL. I don't think he'll be like a top six. He might maybe a top six guy, but I see him as like a, a top nine guy that can produce offensively um i think he's gonna be he's gonna be he's gonna be an important part to the center's success down the road too because i feel like he can contribute pretty pretty good um but you know they, the season's still young we'll, we'll, we'll have to follow him and see where it go, goes from there but right now he's killing it. he's almost a point per game so keep an eye on him we'll see how that goes he, he, he won't be in the nhl this year probably won't be next year either so um he still has some time but Next one I'm going to look at, obviously, is one that's kind of, con- not, I wouldn't say controversial, but players, people kind of sleep on him. They don't think he's, he's as good as a prospect as he actually is. Um, but he's the guy we got, I believe, in the Matthew Shane trade from Columbus. Yeah. Okay, so it's Vitaly Abramov. Um, that guy is just a, a, a machine, man. Like, you watch him live, he just never stops. He just keeps skating, just keeps skating, just keeps skating. He has a motor to him. He's always in the corners. He's always, every time he's on the ice, he's noticeable. Maybe it's, you know, he's doing something to contribute to the team. He just, he just never stops. And, yeah, he's pretty much the, the new Russian rock, as Jacob just mentioned. He's, his, his speed is a bit questionable, but... He, he just never stops. Like the guy, the, I'm pretty sure the guy could play a full game and just never be tired. Uh, he's, he's fun to watch and he, he has an offensive skill. Um, he's very physical. He's for a guy that's, I believe, 5'11", uh, 5'10", actually, 5'10", 181 pounds. He's not afraid to get in the gun. He's not afraid to get in the corners and fight for that puck and kind of dig for them. And, you know, he, he's, he, he can be a little scared excuse my language i don't know if this is thing we can be a little shit uh, on the ice he he's a little shit disturber he just goes around like like stuff cause stuff but he's also can contribute offensively i believe last year in belleville he had 41 points in 51 games so 
I mean, he wasn't he, he wasn't even playing on the top line. He was playing on the third 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 second line, I believe. He had 18 goals, and now he's on loan to Yerkerit in the I guess the Finnish Elite League. Um, he has five goals in three games, so you could argue that that the, the, the Finnish Elite League might be even a step up from the AHL because you're playing against men instead of just young guys. Um, but like he's 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 doing really well right now. Obviously, you know he's going to come back to this battle when the when the when the season starts up as part of the loan agreement. But just giving him some ice time and to, to play top line minutes, like I believe he's top line in that league. So giving him that is is very good. And I I honestly wouldn't be surprised if you see him fight for a roster spot the, the, this year. Like he's just he, he just has this ability to you know kind of make the whole team. I wouldn't say like better skill wise, but when you see him on the ice, you're, you're fired up. You're ready to go. You're like, man, if he can go out, if I got five, 10 go out and hit this guy that's six, six without being afraid, I'm going in next. So, um, I, th- I think he has a good chance of making, cracking the lineup. If not, he's going to be definitely one of the first call-ups from Belleville. Um, with, and he's with the, a lot of the guys graduated from Belleville, like Logan Brown, Botherson, maybe Norris. I, we'll get into that later. I don't, I think he's ready, but we'll see. He's only had one season, but I think Abram will be playing top line minutes in Belleville this season, so it's going to be fun to watch there. Um, obviously, when the HL season starts, I'm going to be in Belleville a lot more. I live 45 minutes from Belleville, so I'll be able to watch a lot more games and actually be able to decipher, like not, not, not decipher, but be able to kind of talk more on their live performances and, you know, the weekend games. Um, and I, I only live an hour and a half in Ottawa, too, so I'm kind of right in the middle, so I'll be going back and forth to a lot of games. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. But Belleville's Belleville, I've, I've been in a couple of Belleville games, and Abram is a piece of blast to watch. Um, I know Jacob and Mike, I, this is the last guy I had in my segment, but I figured I'd bring up one more. Um, it's Eric Brandstrom. I just figured I'd talk about him because, you know, <laughs> Mark Stone got traded for him, so we kind of need to talk about him. Um, he he was hailed as the next Eric Carlson, which, I mean, I still think he's a very, very elite, elite, elite player. But the fact is, he's just so small right now that I, I, he, his, I know some people say the size, size doesn't matter in the NHL, but when you're a young defenseman that looks that, that, like that's small, it's pretty hard to get around. Um, obviously, you know, he, he played 27 games in Belleville had, last season at 23 points, so he still gave able to produce. He played 31 games in Ottawa and only four points. So is he ready yet? Is We, we don't know, but he's, now he's on loan to, I believe, the SLC Tigers in Switzerland. Um and he has four games played, one goal, two assists for three po- for three points. Um, so f- for a defenseman, I, that that league that league's a bit more. Uh, hold on, oh, I thought thought I froze, but that league the the, the Switzerland league's a bit more faster and more skilled than the other leagues. Like nothing, it's, it's a top league. It's definitely like the the Sweden Sweden the Swedish Alsvenskan and the SHL and the league on the KHL are all higher leagues, I believe. But I believe like the Switzerland one is just a lot more skilled and fast paced. You, you see a lot more guys being able to use your skill there, which is what Eric Branson is good at. He he should be like <laughs> he should be a forward, honestly. Like he's his skating ability is top top tier. He's a, an excellent skater. Um, I guess his hockey sense is very good too, and I guess that's why he 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 he's going to be a good NHL defenseman. He might take a bit longer to get there than pe- pe- people expected, especially after you know Dorian said it was his best day as general manager when he traded Mark Stone for him. So you know he kind of set those high expectations, which I mean, I mean, like I, I I'm not one that I, I missed Mark Stone, and I think you know the trade 
Yeah, but Brent, like again, Branstrom kind of softened the blow for me because I was huge on Branstrom when when Vegas drafted him. I was like, this is the guy that Ottawa needs. This, is, this he fits perfectly in Ottawa's in Ottawa's mold as a, as a team. You know, we're over, we've always been good at, at at developing Swedish defensemen. We've always like Swedes are like Ottawa's cream and butter. Like we 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 just had really good success with them, and Branstrom just screams screams that, that to me. I think he's he's gonna be a very good NHL player. It's gonna take a bit more time, um, but. I think playing in Switzerland is going to give, give his confidence back again. I'm a huge confidence guy. If your confidence is low, you're not going to perform the way you do. Like I, I know when I used to play hockey, you know, like if I had a bad night, I was like, oh man, I, nothing's going right for me. And then you go the next game and nothing goes right again. Nothing goes right again. Nothing goes right again. Eventually you just get in your head like, am I a good hockey player? <laughs> or is it just things are going bad? And then once you get that break, you know, you just, you just feel rejuvenated and fired up again and ready to go. So um, I, I hope this is a good move for Eric Branstrom. I don't <sighs> – I know a lot of people want to see him in the NHL this year, and I, it's tough to say. It's tough to say. I, I think he'll definitely see some games. I think he might make it out of training camp just to see what he's made out of and see how, how, how he's improved. Um, I do think he needs to get a bit stronger. I do think he – I mean, I'd say a bit bigger, but you can't really dictate that. Like, he, if he doesn't grow, he doesn't grow, you know. But I think he needs to be, get a bit stronger. And um, his playing style is suited for the, the, the European game or the North American game. So I think he needs to figure out how to transition – um, but to, to, to be fair, like it's, it's, it was only a second season last season in the, in North America. So we'll see how that goes, goes there. But I think he's, he's, he's going to be a very good defenseman. And I think he will be, I'm not going to go as far as to say next Eric Carlson for Ottawa. Cause that guy did, did some incredible things. Um, but he will be, I think he, you'll have to be hearing his name and, and like for a long time to come, I think in the next couple of years, I think if it's not this season, it'll be next season. He'll be a full-time NHLer and, um, I think he'll be, able, he'll be able to contribute as well. Him and Shabbat on the power play is going to be deadly. So, um, yeah, that's all I want to talk about the prospects. Now there's a couple more that we have overseas, um, but I don't want to, you know, just make it an hour long segment. Cause like it's honestly to start a podcast just for prospects. Um, just we, we have so many playing overseas. We have so many things going on constantly moving. Um, so I, every week I'm going to try and talk about some different ones. Obviously if, you know, like if we're watching and Philip Christensen has another amazing week, I'm going to bring him up again, but I'm going to try and spread the love. So next week I'll be talking about some more prospects and whatnot and kind of keep people up to date on there. So with that being said, uh, um, I'm just going to jump in and say, um, I really think that Brandstrom, like I, I don't think that it, 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 it's rightful. It's, it's right right now for senators to, uh, to worry about Brandstrom. Defensemen sometimes take a little bit longer to play it to, to, uh, to uh, blossom. Thomas Schwab didn't play in the NHL full-time until he was 21. Eric Carlson, sure, he started in the NHL when he was 19. He started almost right away. But that's Eric Carlson. He's a god. So it doesn't always happen right away for defensemen. Sometimes it takes a little longer. Some, same thing with goalies. Brett, uh, um, Shabbat uh, started and it, when he was 21. Um, I'm stop you right there for a second. The difference between Shabbat and Brandstrom is Shabbat played in North American ice for his whole oh, career, for, oh, where Brandstrom sure. dominated in the in the, Sweden, in the in the European ice and. You know, like even when he played for Chicago, Vegas is the AHL team at the time. Not anymore. They have the Henderson Silver Knights. When he played for Chicago, he had 28 points in 41 games. So he can, he, he's able to contribute. It's just going to take, take him some time to figure out how he doesn't have as much room to skate. Like in the European Knights, it's massive, right? Where in North America, it's a bit more condensed. So he's going to figure out how to maneuver his way through there and kind of use his passing abilities more than his skating to try and try, to try and create some plays. Yeah, the thing of branching is for sure, it's, he's got to get used to that different uh, ice, uh, ice surface. It's a lot, a lot smaller here in North America. That's for sure. But I do think he hands down has the potential and the skill and the hockey sense to definitely be one of the greatest defensemen in the NHL. 
in uh, in five years' time, I'll say he's definitely going to be really good, in my opinion. I disagree with Alex when he says he might not be a star. I think he's going to be a star. I'm still really, really high on Brent Strom. I think well, I mean, like, like, like a star, as in, like, you know, like, like when 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 he retires, you're gonna like he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame and stuff like that. I don't think he'll get to that point. I think oh, no, he'll be a, no. I think he'll be a very good player, and I think he like I don't know if he'll win the Norris, but he might. But he'll be he's he's gonna be very good, very very good. He'd be a top five defenseman, I think. Yeah, opinion. I agree with you guys. Yeah, he'll be very productive, but he's not he's not gonna be like a, a, a Carlson. He's not gonna be a top player in the league um, in Norris contention. He's probably not even going to be hitting like 60, 70 point seasons like Carlson was. Um, but with that said, if he's in the 40 to 50 point range and he's quarterback in the power play uh, with Shabbat or he's on the second power play unit um, and he could play a good two-way game, which is what you want out of any defense and good breakout pass, kind of like, like Carlson had or even like Wade Redden back in the day. If you're getting that from him, you're getting a hell of a hockey player. Um if you're getting a guy that doesn't really grow, doesn't fill out his size and is getting, you know, pounded in the corners and uh, beat off the puck and his foot speed's maybe not there. Yeah, no, he's not going to reach his potential. But I think like you touched on, Alex, it's, it's a huge, huge adjustment coming over from Europe. And these younger guys, they just take longer. Um, so I don't want to, you know, have, you know, razor thin patience with, Brandstrom, I want to see what he can do over the next like two to three years. Uh, if he doesn't make it this year, he's in Belleville. That's fine. Um, I, I have a buddy who went to see Belleville and the Marlies in Toronto uh, twice last year and saw Brandstrom both times. And this was once was before he got a call up with Ottawa for and once was right after he got sent back down. And he said he saw night and day in his game, like drastic improvement from what he got sent down. I said, like, management, hold up, go work on these things. This is what we need from you. And he said, all right, I totally understand. And that's what I'm going to do, whether it's a Belleville, whether it's off-season training, uh, whether it's watching more video and, and working with, with the coaching staff. You just want to see a guy that's going to know his, his flaws and limitations, try to work on them. And I, I think he'll be able to do that. And the way we're working with our prospects right now, I, I, I love it. Um, we're not rushing any of them. So I, I'm like you, Jacob, I got a lot, a lot of faith in Brands from still that he's going to be a, a heck of a player for us. Yeah. Um, people, people don't realize how difficult it is to transition from European ice, to North American ice, especially it's, it's like, it's like learning something when you're a kid growing up and then all of a sudden you get to like your twenties and people are like, Nope, Nope. That's completely wrong. You got to relearn everything again. So like, that's pretty much how it goes. And the Branton style of play is he likes to skate. He likes to find the open ice and make his way to the net and contribute there. But with North American ice, it's a lot tougher to do that. It's, it's, if you, if you watch Belleville's Senators game, you'll see it's pretty, like pretty tight. It's pretty tight to move in the game. So like, I wouldn't say faster because it's obviously, you know, it's not as open ice, but he, he, he just needs to figure out how to adjust to the North American game and then he'll, he'll be fine. He has all the skill sets, the foot speed, the hockey IQ, the passing ability he has everything there. He just needs to adjust. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's um, I think it's a great um, great uh, great uh, analysis from Alex there. That's why he's a prospect guy. He knows a lot more when it comes to me when it comes to scouting wise. He does go for a bunch of um, much different junior teams, so he's definitely a great guy to go to in that sense. Um, and um, so yeah, I think uh, 
that with all that being said, I think that branch gym definitely has a lot of potential. Let's see if he lives up to it. Um, moving on to uh, some Timmy Stutzla news. Um, so yeah, um, Timmy Stutzla has officially chosen his name spelling and his name is Jersey number. He's going to go with the S T U E T Z L E spelling. So the, uh, as he says, or has someone said, I forget who it is, the English spelling of the name instead of the German spelling name with the, um, the, the, without the e there and uh so yeah um he's chosen that spelling and he's also chosen to move on from number 88 he is choosing number 18 and um there's a lot of discussion on social media as to why he didn't go with uh 88 like there's uh some uh some a lot of a lot of a lot of talk there i'm not really gonna go too too much into that because i don't know too too much about it myself so i don't want to say anything without knowing the facts for sure and um that so could be 100 percent wrong i don't want to like uh, say things that like, could be out of line, you know, it's, we don't really know at, at the end of the day, we don't know why Timmy Stutzla decided to not go with 88 unless he tells us, you know, it's, 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 we're not, we're not going to know unless he tells us, you know? So I think, um, at the end of the day, for sure, it's, at the end of the day, it's just a number. It's, I don't get why a lot of people are hating on him. It's just a number, you know? And, um, uh, um, uh, Mike was, uh, telling me he, uh, he has a pretty good idea of why, for sure, there's a lot of there's a lot of discussion, but I'm not going to really go into that because it's all um it's always uh it's it's always uh, uh arbitrary and it could be completely different wrong different reasons and um you never know, and uh, I'm just don't want to give too too much uh, uh energy to that unless you know for sure you know, and um yeah, Timmy Stutz is world number eighteen. It's going to be great. It's going to be a fun time in Ottawa. He's going to be our best player. He's going to be great. And on that being said, let's talk about his contract situation. So um, Timmy Stutza uh, has not signed his ELC yet, which I think is strictly based on contract uh, contract uh, um, um, situation with his junior team, Adler Mannheim. He's still under contract. Um, he still is under contract with uh, his, his junior team, Adler Mannheim, and I don't think he can sign a contract in the NHL until he's able to uh, use a, a release clause in his contract, but that is definitely a lot more, a lot of, that is all, definitely a lot easier said than done. So for sure, I think there's uh, definitely going to be a legal team trying to help him out, figure out those release clauses so we can for sure sign in the NHL as soon as possibly can. Alex, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you look like you look, look at the, the other guys, Lafreniere, Byfield, they've all signed their contracts. Um, but then you look at Lucas Raymond and like all the European prospects, they none of them have signed any. Uh, that's either like that could be because their seasons are going on right now, and like you said, they're they're contract contractually obligated to, to, to play until the NHL until they know when the NHL season starts at least. Whereas like Lafreniere, Byfield, even Rossi, they were all you know like you know like their their season's over. They're like there's nothing going on right now, so I think maybe. Like you said, there's some going on there with contract contract obligations, but I wouldn't I wouldn't freak out too much. I mean, we know we know he's coming over, whether it's this season or next season. He's chosen his number, he's chosen how to spell his name on the jersey, so he's he's going to sign his contract one one way or another. Um, whether he can do it this season, we don't know. There's sort of speculation around some you know legal biting things that he might not be able to get out of. Um, but he's he's going to sign it. It's not going to it's not not going to be a factor that he doesn't. Um, I just think I just think right now, like you said, like, like you said, it's probably some contract obligations he has to follow. Because you look at all the others, like I can't think of any other European prospect that got drafted that has signed their ELC yet. 
Um, I mean, the, the Stutzla and Raymond should be the only guys I think that maybe, maybe, maybe you can get away with that. And maybe Alexander Holtz as well. But I don't know if um, I don't know if and really anybody else on the first round by like after those guys from Europe might be on their ELCs. Yeah, I guess Askarov as well. But I think Nashville might be a bit more patient with them since they still have Rene and Soros. Like this, he doesn't need to come over right, right away. Um, but you know, Holtz, Raymond, and Stutzla. They, they're ready to come over. Um, I'm, it's just a matter of time when he signs it. I hope it's this season because I want to watch Timmy. I like calling him Timmy. Obviously, everybody does. It's in the NHL. Um, he's going he's, he's gonna to play in the NHL. He's not going to be an AHL. Yeah, he's going to go right into the NHL and kind of learn. Um, yeah, so I hope. I, I, I'm kind of bummed about the spelling. I, I, I get it. I really want the, the, the umlaut, the U of the umlaut. It looks so good, but... I think if they say it, I'm loud. I'm not sure. It's probably German and I completely butchered it. So I do apologize, but um, the UE, I get it. It makes sense. Um, I know a lot of people that who have family from overseas can come to North America. They had to switch up their spelling a bit. Um, so I know a lot of people that have done that. So it's not, he's not the first player to do it. Um, again, I'm not getting too much into the Jersey number speculation because from what I'm hearing, it's very political and we, I don't really want to get into that right now. <laughs> um, there's a lot of reasons behind it, but um it sucks that it can't be number eight, but I mean, number eight retired for a good reason. Like, come on, that guy's that guy's a, a, a Sanders legend, even though he wasn't playing for the actual Sanders. Um, but like, uh, yeah, 18, 18's fine. I, I guess like he want he wanted number eight in his thing, so he eighteen's probably the the next, next best option. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Uh... Just to touch on the number very quickly, I, I love that he picked 18. I was mentioning on Twitter yesterday that uh, 18 being Host's old number, and then we got Batherson picking 19. Um, that's a yash. And I mean, you got these kids who aren't shying away from the fact that uh, these big legends and sense history carry these numbers. So there's two ways to look at that. Uh, you know, paid respects to those players if if they know that they were big parts of the center's organization for so long, and then also taking the number and saying, I, I want to create my own legacy with it. And I want to leave my own impact with that number for, for many years to come the same way they did. So I love it. Uh, I love that. We'll be able to identify those numbers with, with new star players. Um, the spelling. Yeah, I don't have too much to say on that. Yeah. It would have been cool to see the, the U with the, um, Whatever you were saying, it was called Alex. Umlaut. Okay, uh, so would have been unique, um, but it's just it's just a name spelling. Um, as as long as we got his name and number on a jersey, it, it doesn't matter too much. And then as for the contract, um, yeah, it's it's a little little concerning that you haven't seen Stutzla or Raymond or Holt sign their entry level contract yet. Uh, it's really getting me to believe that uh, they're not going to be able to have it out clause uh, or would have, it would have happened already. I mean, you're talking about training camp probably starting uh, December 1st, especially for the Sens and um, Detroit, all, all these guys that drafted these prospects are going to have an extra two weeks of training camp to make up for not being in the bubble. And then season, they're hoping to still start January 1st. So that's pretty soon. That's around the corner, right guys? So if he had the out clause, you'd think he'd be signing that entry-level contract right away. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot to work out there still. We're not going to hear about it. Um, Dorian's not going to come out and talk about it 
Tibisaka to come out and talk about it. But I think we did hear uh, the German team GMs say uh, we, we want him here the whole year. He's a huge part of our team. And Ottawa, you can have him next year. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's funny you say that. Like, the, the team in the whole year, like the rest of 2020. And then 2021, when the league goes over, like maybe maybe he means it like that, or maybe he means the full season. Like, you know what I mean? There's just so much to decipher there. We'll see. But uh, I mean, if you're in the middle of a playoff push, yeah, in, in January, when the season would start, or, or maybe gets pushed to February, are you going to want him going? I mean, it's one thing to let him go play in the World Junior Championships for two weeks, but to let him go to the NHL, um, I, I don't know. I don't know what the relationship there is with him, but you yeah. think you want to be good to him after uh, the years he's given you and not stand in, in the way of a, of a kid's dream of making the NHL. But like, we don't know. We don't know what the discussions have been between those sides. And um, if we have to wait one more year to see him in the NHL and see him in Ottawa, you know, so be it. We have so many other exciting guys on the team now to, to look forward to watching. And uh, like, again, it's, it's not ideal. Everyone wants to see him play right away and put up, 50 points in his rookie season, contend for the Calder, but you know, maybe just pump the brakes on it just uh, just a little bit. Yeah, he's going to come over regardless whether it's this season or next season, but obviously everyone wants to see him this season, right? Like it's New Jersey's, he's pumped up, you know what I mean? Like it's just time to get, bring that new, like like your podcast mentions, the new era sends, right? Like kind of bring them in and <laughs> so. So yeah, basically, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you guys there. Um, sure, it's nice to be. It'd be nice to see the highlights on on the number U and all that. But honestly, it's Stutzler's choice. He decided himself. I'm not gonna dive deeper into that. But I will also say that Eric Branstrom has Hamlets on the A in his last name and on the O of his last name. So yeah, there's um there's uh not really too too much to uh, divulge from that. I think it's definitely the player's choice in the situation. And um, yeah, so um, that's about it on that. So, and let's move on to our next uh, to our next little segment. Um, um, I'm gonna ask a little bit about uh, um, um, a little bit, Mike. Mike, give us a little bit of a story uh, on your uh, on on how you became a Sense fan. Um, for now, just focus on your Sense story, and then I'll ask you some more questions afterwards to uh, pick pick a little pick, pick a little more um, pick your brain a little bit. Yeah, awesome, Jacob. That's a really good thing to bring up. Um, not something I get to talk about too, too often. Um, but people that have followed me for a long time know I've been a sense fan since I was a kid. It's the thing uh, I became passionate about after like toys and car trucks and all that. It was hockey at like nine years old. Um, that was there right from the beginning when the sense made the playoffs for the first time in 97. That's the first year I went to a game. And uh, how I got into it, two different ways, actually. Um, I had a babysitter who would come over every Saturday and put on Hockey Night in Canada. And then we would play mini sticks, too. And he'd be a goalie, make all these crazy saves. And that was, that was a lot of fun. Like, I vividly remember uh, those nights. And he would bring hockey cards over and, and get me into that. I owe him so much uh, credit for me being into hockey. I, I, I don't know where he is in life now. Uh, you know, this was another lifetime ago, but if I ever bumped into him on, on the street, I would say uh, I owe my passion hockey largely to you. Uh, he even brought me uh, a Damien Rhodes, uh, Rod Tugnut, Steve Duchesne, autographed uh, hockey cards because his, his father was uh, 
owning a dealership where he sold some cars to players. So that was pretty cool. That got me hooked like right away. And then around the same time, 97, 98, my, uh, my dad uh, had season tickets at his company, which lasted for 20 years, uh, right up in 25 years, right up until last year, uh, they didn't renew them, which was, uh, which was bittersweet for me. End of an era there. Uh, got to go to hundreds and hundreds of games over the years. And so I also went to my dad and, and his company. Um, I don't know how many games I would have been able to get to had it not been for having season tickets in the family. And it just got me around the game at a young age. I never played ice hockey. I had a very unfortunate uh, accident when I was learning to skate, cut my lip up bad with stitches. So I never became a huge uh, hockey player. So it was always following it um, more from the outside was my thing. And then I became a big ball hockey player and now I can kind of skate, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just always remember being there from a very young age. I started uh, collecting merchandise, memorabilia right away, whether it be a uh, hockey cards, jerseys, hats. And uh, as I got older, I just wanted to know all the stats, all the players. And uh, here we are, 30 now, and uh, I just I don't remember a time in my life without hockey in a sense. So definitely a lifetime fan, definitely uh, one of those guys that's going to be sticking by uh, the Ottawa Senators for my entire life, no matter what they go through. And uh, I'm proud to be able to say that. Love it. Love that story. So, really interesting story, Adamo. Thank you for um, yeah. you say that. Um, before we take a little quick break, before asking some questions, you want to take a couple minutes to plug your new project, New Era Sounds? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for that opportunity, guys. Uh, so, New Era Sounds is a new venture uh, working with uh, with some really great guys: uh, Joseph, David Sadamore, Neftali Clinton, Nick DeBolin. Noah Terja, Colton Kudrinko, uh, Jacob, you're doing some uh, great uh, producing work for us, uh, also with Johnny Ramsey, our other producer. So uh, we're really lucky to have such a good team right off the bat. And uh, we're just really excited to be interacting with so many fans in the community. We're going to be providing a lot of interesting content, news analysis, mailbags, polls, contests and giveaways. Uh, we want to just be a, a one-stop shop, as I have in uh, the bio on Instagram. Uh, so we can be found at the website, www.newerasense.com, on Twitter, at newerasense, and Instagram, new underscore era underscore sense. And we got a weekly podcast of our own. The first episode is available right now. And episode two will be dropping early next week. And you can find the podcast Twitter page at new era sense pod. Uh, so we just really hope you guys check us out and follow along. And for those that have been already, we, we really appreciate the support. And uh, Alex and Jacob, uh, you guys, you guys have been great supporting that right from the get-go. Um, it's just such an exciting time for the whole fan base. And you just see a lot of, a lot of fans try to, to reach out to the community and, and get their content out and get some buzz around the team. I, uh, I love it. I love it. We, we endured like a few years there of, of just a lot of suffering and, a lot of ridicule from other fans and, and that wasn't fun. And uh, we turned the corner now. So 
really stoked about that. All yeah. right, sure. Um, I'll I'll say, I'll, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, go, go, go give the, the, the podcast a listen and go follow them on Twitter. It's great stuff going on over there. Um, a lot of positivity, which is what Sense fans need right now. Um, so definitely go go give them a follow. They're doing fantastic work. Um, if you, if, even if you become a new, new, a new Sense fan, now's the time to jump on, jump on board. Um, yeah, positivity is what we preach. Um, well, I preach anyways. I've always been a positive guy, and they're doing great work over there, obviously. You know, we wouldn't have Mike on the podcast if we didn't think they were doing, doing anything good. Yeah, exactly. I think um, I think having you in the podcast is great because it helps us grow, it helps you grow too, and it, uh, it definitely brings a, a, a different uh, point of view for, for the podcast, and I love that a lot. And uh, let's end off by um, – I'm going to plug some Twitters once again. You can find our podcast at, at some sense. You can find me at Jacob Revere. You can find Alex at Alex Longua 15 and you can find, you can find Mike. On Twitter at GoSendsGo727 and on Instagram at uh, sports underscore EDM underscore things. If I remember correctly, I I will I will try to remember to write all these in the bio as well. Um, I'll get I'll get Mike to send me all these uh, social medias and all that. And I'll plug them all in in, um, in the uh, in the description. And I'll also um, I'll also uh, take a minute to uh, to uh, probably like link his podcast as well. Show show him some love. And uh, Mike said you wanted to say one last thing before we end off. Go right ahead, man. Yeah, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. I uh, wouldn't be able to get these plugs out and, and promote our stuff without guys like you supporting. And uh, I love your guys' work. I've uh, been a fan for both your guys for, for quite a while. So it was uh, a real privilege to come on here and, and talk with uh, you guys today about our team. And I uh, hope to do it uh, again soon sometime. Awesome. Thanks a lot for the kind of words. I appreciate it, man. And with that being said, let's end off this episode of Talking Some Sense. Thanks again, everybody, for uh, tuning in. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, go Sense Go.